0: Dr. Amalia Gonyas-Malka, welcome to Womanity, Woman in Unity. The show that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in their struggles for liberation, self emancipation, human rights, democracy, racism, socio economic class division, and gender based violence. Today, we're broadcasting live from the Pan African Parliament in Midrand. And today, we are speaking to Honourable Fatouke Chawara, who is from the Gambia. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Honourable Jawara, I understand that in your portfolio in the Gambia, you look after gender, health, women, children, refugees, humanitarian relief. You also sit on the defence and security committees, and you also have a responsibility with the Independent Electoral Commission's Ombudsman. Firstly, can you tell us more about some of the work that you do, as well as the responsibilities that, that come with these roles? Thank you very much. I'm very grateful to
1: serve in this various committee. Uh, One of my priority committee is gender, which says health women, children, disaster and humanitarian relief. I believe there should be a gender parity and whatever a man can do, a woman can do. And my country, women constitute 51% of the population. But yet still, they lag behind. They cannot decide on their own health. You want to join family planning and plan for your health? You have to take permission from somebody, like a husband, and which I think is so unfair. (laughs) Yeah. And again, we are left behind. Most of the higher positions are not uh, held by women, they are held by men. Most of the positions held by women are secretarial positions, yeah. And we, we all understand that life is a fundamental human right, but how many women die by giving birth? That also inspired me to be in the Health Committee.
0: Thank you for sharing some of those points, and I always find it so enlightening when we have conversations with people across the continent that for me, the stark thing that you're saying here is that women are relying on other people for their family planning and, and for their health and they're not allowed to take ownership of, of their bodies uh, in order to, to look after their, their fertility and, and choices of if they want to have children or not.
1: Yes, I believe, for instance, if we have more women representative in our bodies, like the Islamic court, that women can decide on their own rather than the main judges. in the judiciary system, if we have more women representatives in the health system whereby uh, the birth attendant, most of them will be women and they will understand how the women went through. Though men are so supportive but we, like, we need large number of women participation.
0: And what do you think we need to do from the, the point of view in the Gambia to increase the representation of women across the, the different sectors?
1: Yeah, to increase the representative of the women, I think we need to introduce the quota system, like 30% reserve seat for female. If not, it will be very difficult because most people prefer men to lead them than women.
0: And it's interesting when you say that, you're saying most people, when I've had conversations, sometimes it's actually women as well as men who are comfortable with male leadership as opposed to female leadership.
1: Yes, it's this uh, cultural belief. For instance, in Gambia, the, the discrimination starts from our own family. If a particular child... A family is blessed with a boy and a girl child. The boy will be free after school. He he might go to football field. He might be conducting studies. While the girl child will be at home helping the mom. So for uh, sometimes there are performance in school, male perform more than female. But it's a gradual process. It starts changing now. But during my time, most of the time boys perform more than girls, and sometimes women are not allowed to take leadership position because many believe that women are just
0: caregivers. And it's such a narrow perspective when you think of of the work that you do, the the multiplicity and capability that that women achieve. For a moment, looking at the fact that we operate in a globally connected society and thinking that we're here at the Pan-African conference, we've got 54 countries in the continent. Can you tell us about some of the collaborations that you're doing with other countries on the continent?
1: Yes, Uh, thank you very much, quite interesting question. Like, uh, if you look Pan-African Parliament as a whole, uh, every country is uh, delegating five, among which one must be a female. But if I may learn from Rwanda experience, uh, they have more female representatives. And during my interaction with them, I do stole from their ideas that sometimes I sit with my, with my women folk and told them that we can take Rwanda and other countries as example how women are represented in the parliament.
0: So you can take that learning back to the Gambia to, to try and institute? Yeah. And are there any other components? So if you have a, a particular program, for instance, I, I know with Tanzania, they have a, a sector where they try to donate sanitary pads for menstruating girls into rural areas. Are there any special projects that you're working on in the Gambia in, in relation to women and girls? Yeah, this that project
1: that I'm uh, working on that right now is to help the women... F- farmers in their garden to get their seeds and let them be provided with irrigation method because we have three months rainy season and the other three months they have to, and let them introduce the irrigation method, if the government can do that, so that they can sell their product at whatever price they wish.
0: And the reality is that women tend to be the core workers of, of the land. Yeah. <laughs> So in this instance, we're looking at, at components where they're not only dealing with self-sustainability for the family, but also being able to produce products to go to commercial market.
1: Yes, uh, Gambian women are so hard-working. Yeah, they don't rely on their husband. is a win-win situation. The husband will be in this side and the wife will be another side supporting
0: the family. <laughs> And this reminds me of, of a conversation that we had with your former Vice-President, uh, Honourable Fatoumatou Jalo, Jalo, Jalo chambojang I, I wanted to ask you, when we're talking about women at work, so from an agricultural point of view to now looking at women in the labour force itself, Women's participation has incredibly important macroeconomic contributions. But when we look at women at work, often they tend to be underpaid compared to their male counterparts. So, for example, in South Africa, on average, women earn less than 23% of their male counterparts' wage. What do you think we need to do to help improve the odds of equal pay?
1: Yes, I think... One is very difficult for women because if you for instance you marriage with somebody or you grown up in a society where you realize your right. You know your right, but your right is not realized by somebody who you are working with or whom you are married with is always difficult. But what we need to do, we need to upgrade the capacity of women in the education sector. Because if I could take myself as an example, I was not fortunate to go up to the university level. So after my secondary school career, I have to go in and marriage when I didn't have any work to do because I belong to the major opposition party. So I was not lucky to work. I have to go in and marriage at a very early age. So I was in the boarding of marriage for the last 10, 12 years. So it was after that that I was in the forefront of a struggle to dislodge a tyrant because we have a government that came through coup d'etat so there are a lot of human rights violations attack on political opponent disappearance of journalists so I say this is enough this is our country and we must take back our country so I engage in series of sensitization campaign on platform, radios, tv and I was so popular and I was recognized by many women groups, so they, elected, they nominated me to be their representative during the local government election in 2008, At that time I was very young, which I narrowly lose by the ruling party. From there I continue with the struggle again.
0: Thank you for sharing some of your, your history and, and journey in, into politics. Yes. On the 8th of March, globally, the world celebrates International Women's Day. In your opinion, you have shared that education is is one of the key areas to to help close that gap between Mm -hmm. salaries. What do you think we need to do to build on the most to benefit women in the future?
1: What we need to do to benefit women in future, we need to encourage them. For instance, in the school system or university system, if the entry is 100% for male, they need to break it down 80% for women to encourage them because they cannot concentrate on their books when they are going to school. Many believe that women are just caregivers. They should be in the side of the mom helping her in labor works and so on. So to help them to be something in future tomorrow, they need to um, scale down the map of the entry at the university level. And at the workplace also, when a woman is serving for two, three years, at least you should help her to upgrade and get to university to do something. But somebody might be in a secretarial position and the, the person will be there for decades. She will not be promoted. Even if you can look into our own parliament, sometimes you will see men, they are not performing but people still clap for them but if a woman make any mistake of not performing people will start to use abusive language on her so i think that cyber bullying also need to look
0: into so if your wish list comes true that we have the right education in place that we're able to empower women with skills that we have quota systems to help level the playing field that we open opportunities to allow women to access what would your ideal world look like in say 20 years time yeah you
1: know when we are equally represented at where the voice of the voiceless are like in the parliament, in the, in the uh, executive, that will address the situation of female women. But if you are in a number of thousands of men, sometimes you will address your situation, they will just give a lip service, but at the end they will throw it on a bin.
0: So we absolutely need to get more women in visibility and represented in, in government structures. Whilst we're talking about the representation of women I, I I always think that we are severely... And in fact, I don't say think, it's a fact. Women are severely underrepresented in in terms of female leadership. And building female leadership capacity is important for the future of women across the world. But there's still so very few female political leaders. Uh, Australia had a female prime minister, Julia Gillard. Uh, At the moment, New Zealand has a female prime minister, uh, Jacinda Jardine. And on the continent... (laughs) On <laughs> all 54 countries, mm-hmm. we only have one female president of Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. Do you think more countries are, are ready for a woman president or prime minister?
1: Maybe in future it could be, but as of now, I believe it will be a very hard battle. It will be a very hard battle because uh, with the amount of intimidation in politics, the amount of character assassination... I believe maybe in Europe but in Africa most women will not come out to participate in politics. Because if I can take myself as an example, when I was in the struggle, people told me everything. They said how can this they have no money, they have nothing. How can they approve a dictator? So sometimes you go, you want to talk to people, they send you out, they don't listen to you. But we still maintain our stand and say, this is our country. It meant for us, we have to fight back. So we struggle and struggle. Later, we were taken to prison because we were dealing with a brutal dictator. In our entire youth wing executive members were taken to, we are severely tortured at the state intelligence service until an extent that they announced that three of us died. I am two female, so they prepare our burial arrangement and everything, so that make many females to come out and say, look, this young lady who died for the country, we are not better than them, so we must see that this man, we kick him out of the country, so before, we all have our political parties and our political differences. But they come and form a coalition of six political parties, including one independent. They vote against Jame. After the change of government, then we are pardoned by the current
0: regime. Having gone through that experience, how does it make you feel on the machinery of, of democracy, the, the machinery of the beliefs that you had? Mm-hmm. And the actions you took to oust a dictator so that you could start formulating a country that is is right for all? It motivates me a lot, one.
1: I know that my right will never be tampered by anybody and I will ever go in for whatever rightfully belongs to me or whatever woman it belongs to. And I will not allow women discriminatory law to be, be in my parliament because if there was a law that was safeguarding women, what we went through will not happen. But the challenges that I have now is that many believe, many politicians believe that if they saw you, you've been in the struggle, you're fighting for them, they can champion it, call you a good person. But when the landscape is changed, and now that you are in the forefront of the struggle now you are doing everything for them but in turn now they want you to be influenced by their party ideology and you say no this is our country this is what we fought for they will fight you back that is the challenges that i'm going through so i believe many women will not want to go through what i went through because sometimes if you look at the social media platform many of my party militants abuse it they go against me. They insulting me. You are going after the president. I say no. I'm not going after the president. This is a transition government. That every uh, campaign that they should serve three years, if there is a possibility. But there is nothing specific in our constitution that say that the president should serve three years. If he wish, he can resign after three years. But with the current situation of my country, is very unsafe because we have a newfound democracy a juvenile one so the security sector reform is going the constitutional review commission is going the lot of co- uh, commission of inquiries are going the truth reconciliation and reparation commission where victims and perpetrators will come and narrate their stories so how can you push me to co- go against that government to do another election which i believe It's unacceptable. So these people are going against me. They label me. They name all. They give me all type of name that the president is giving me money to go against my party. And this president is from my own party. And when we fight and go to, went to prison. He was the treasurer of our party. Then he was elected from my party to be the flag bearer and backed by other political parties. So I cannot betray the trust of those political parties for my party. So I stood up for my word, but the amount of intimidation, but I said, no, I am not worried. I have fight the battle and won my battle and nobody will, n- nobody can make the battle a loose battle for me. So I proceed with what I believe.
0: I hear your strength, I, I hear your bravery, I, I hear your courage of, of going against conventional thinking to to stand up as as a woman in in your own right and, and beliefs. Hi, my name is Yvonne Chakachaka
1: and I'm UNICEF and Rollback Malaria Goodwill Ambassador. You are listening to Womanity, Women in Unity, a program that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in the struggle for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights and democracy, a program against social ills such as racism, socio-economic class division and gender-based violence. Womanity, Women in Unity, presented by Dr. Amalia Balka every week on this day at this time.
0: Today we're talking to Honourable Fatuke Jawara from the Gambia at the Pan-African Parliament. We would love to receive your comments on Twitter at Womanity Talks. Honourable Jawara, Our program, Womanity, Woman in Unity, is all about gender equality, which is increasingly a global focus. And taking into consideration the challenges and successes that women's legal rights have had over the years, and listening to to your narrative and and the struggles that you're trying to do of of just to get to 30%, in reality, do you think that 50-50% representation can be achieved? Yes, it can be, because with the current
1: democratic situation that we have, fought for and the one that Gambia has now, there is a possibility, because everybody realizes his or her right, and women are coming to show up their self in the political arena, but the cyberbullying is discouraging most women. The cyberbullying by some political parties is discouraging most women. But they have the capability, they have the experience, they have the capacity because they constitute 51%. Any political party in my country, if you are not backed by a woman, say, just go and relax. You cannot won any election. But the amount of castigation, intimidation, mated out of women are giving, discouraging them.
0: Well, we hope that you continue in your vein of strength to rise above the cyberbullying and, and, the, and the tactics that are, are used to try to deter your, uh, your, your strength and your guide. You're currently attending the Pan-African Parliament uh, and various working committee sessions. I, I know that today is the first day, but can you tell us about some of the highlights uh, that happened today?
1: Yeah, we, 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 we are having a workshop about <coughs> child exploitation, where countries were sharing their experience and when the committee from this parliament embarked on a side visit at some of these sand mining places where they saw child labor and how they are exploited to sexual abuse, some, they are, this, those, are the, some, some, those are some of the things that were highlighted.
0: And is there a similar problem in, in the Gambia? Yes, there is a similar
1: problem, but we have a law regulating it, and we have a serious sensitization in our legal department, the securities, and we have a CPA, Child Protection Alliance, that is protecting the right of our children. We do have a child pa- children parliament also that speak on behalf of the parliament, uh, the children.
0: And beyond um, the, this particular scenario of, of looking at exploitation of, of child labor, At the end of of the event, what do you hope to take take away from this? I was,
1: I get the knowledge and experience to share with my country, uh, elected representative. I got the knowledge to share with my colleagues in the community, like uh, how one should report the case, how one should map out the crisis, the steps that need to be taken in sensitization, radio programs, among others.
0: One question that I'd like to ask you now, and it's a question I ask all my guests, Mm -hmm. is is about your personal journey. Uh, You've shared some of those insights already. Uh, Some of our guests who've reached tremendous achievements in in their lifetimes talk about the various factors Mm -hmm. that they feel have made them who they are today and, and elements of success. So to start with, can you share with us some of the pivotal moments in your life growing up?
1: Yes, when, when, when I got loose to the 20, 2008 election at a very early age, I am not discouraged. I say, well, this is just the beginning. Let me just try back again. So I continued the struggle and register under a main political party. I started dragging women, folks into politics. So I, I became famous. in When I went, when I continued with the struggle until, an end that I went to prison, after my release I was recognized by many that I should represent them in parliament. So this is how it came about.
0: I will never forget a conversation that I had with former president of Liberia, Ellen Sirleaf Johnson, and she was talking about her time in prison and Mm -hmm. she said that when I went to prison I knew that I had done something right. Yes, same
1: applies to me.
0: When I was and um,
1: in that state, I uh, detained in the state intelligence agency <clears throat> where I was in a solid confinement. I was beaten to death. So I was in a solid confinement. I say, I know many people have been brought here, but I don't think what was mated out of me and those two females has ever happened to any anybody, any female, because we do have their stories. But the amount of beating mated out of us, when we, uh, when we survive that in life, something is going to happen. So when the court proceeding continues, we saw people coming out protesting that we need to be released. Then from there, when we go back to mile two, the same continu- uh, protest continue. The government feels so uncomfortable, and he has to take us. To Jangambure, Janjambure, where we will not have access to lawyers, access to family. We we just have just been kept there like mad dogs. Nobody's taking looking after us. The only people who have time for us is the officers to come and open the shell, we go and ease ourselves and come back. So we live there in for, in that situation until the time that we get sentenced. Before we are we are reminded, until we they, they make a judgment, we got sentenced. So when we are in prison, we do have officers, sometimes they discuss that these people need to be released because since they came here, peace never prevailed in the country. And every time people will be talking on medias, social media platform, international medias are discussing with them. I think the president would just pardon them. And we heard that the president of Obasanjo came to beg him to pardon us, he refused. Many people do so, he refused. That was the time I say, this will be the end
0: of this man. I'm starting to get goosebumps listening to your, your story. Staying in, in this in stream, so I mean, having had that experience, I, I, can't, I can't even imagine what what you went through. But what would you say, coming out of that and looking at where you are today, have been some of the factors that have have contributed to your success? So, for example, some of my guests have spoken about hard work, a fear of failure, Mm. a perseverance. Mm. What would you say have been some of the factors that you think have, have contributed to your success? I was so determined
1: and believed that this is my country, i was not offered anything to do it i was just doing it voluntarily i see something that is going on that our country cannot move like that so if any everybody is feel skeptical there are people who need to come and sacrifice because i learned that some countries people sacrifice for their countries to be free so when i was doing it i am the youngest female among them the two f- women that are there, I am, they are like mother to me. When we are in prison, some people are saying that, Oh, when we are in the struggle, some people are even saying that, I don't know what's wrong with this lady. Her family just leave her to be moving with these people who already did their life and whatever. So really, it's above explanation sometimes. I went through a lot. But with the support of my family, I have make it today.
0: Yeah. We're all influenced by, by different people around us, whether they're, they're mentors or, or role models. In your life, can you tell us who have been some of the key women that have, uh, or, or rather, who have been some of the strong women in your life? Well, I believe in my life,
1: uh, before I get into the struggle, uh, I didn't have a role model because by then i i was not equipped with any knowledge but i just see some injustice taking place so i say no to it but uh, as of now we we've seen the um, we've seen wo- women chiefs and alkalolu village heads in my area who, who who inspired me yeah before i didn't know their story but through my interaction with them now I, they became a role model to me
0: You've achieved so much in your career thus far and not just in a personal context but in terms of really doing things and driving change for, for the Gambia. What's next on your agenda? My next
1: agenda is to see a fully fledged democratically elected a democratic government which I believe I succeeded in that because in my country now everybody is free to say what you want to say or write what you want to write as well as a dozen of others. Journalists are free to do whatever they want before. The illegal arrest, detention and disappearance is too much, which is no more the case. And um, We've seen a lot of empowerment in, the, uh, in our school sectors, in the, uh, the girl child's opportune to go to school. Uh, in, in 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 the judiciary system, women are well represented. Uh, that also is a great achievement for me. Uh, in the, in the in the cabinet, we have low number because out of the nineteen uh, executive members, inclu- ministerial positions, including the vice president, only four are female. But we are still struggling. In the security sector, our last independence celebration, the parade was led by a female which is a great achievement also. So they are now in the forefront of the face. Mm.
0: Those, for me, are, are achievements that are going to keep on, on rolling, rolling the more that you, you get women vested into the space. What would you say has been the best lesson so far that you've learned in your career? The best lesson
1: I learned in my career is that I will never and ever support a single person, an individual. I will not love an individual. Like for instance, this one is my leader. I love him for so much so that I will sacrifice myself to an extent that I I will end up being, fall into a wrong hand. Yeah. Because I learned a great lesson. I really learned a great Listen, I never thought that my trust will be betrayed by my former party. I fought with them. I did everything with them. I struggled with them. I didn't went to prison for my crime. I was fighting for the right of the Gambian and for somebody to become a president. But at the end, he kicked me out of the party. I was expelled because he's saying that I was shifting allegiance to the president. And In the party, he's just like a father to me and the president is just like a brother to me. We share everything together. But the amount of allegation and intimidation that I went through is a great lesson for me.
0: Politics is a tough business. Indeed. And lastly, as we close out our conversation today, could you share a few words of wisdom or inspiration that you'd like to pass on to girls and women that are listening to us on the continent?
1: Yeah, I encourage women to come up because we are the largest number. Let them come up and take the leadership position because a woman feel a woman pain. Whatever men are saying, I'm not against anyone, but whatever they are saying, they cannot pay serious attention to our problem. Only a female who can pay attention to her female counterpart problem.
0: So we need more presence of of women and for women to take up an an active role in society.
1: Yes, we need to move from commitment to action now.
0: I think those are fantastic words, Mm -hmm. moving from commitment to action Mm You have been listening to Womanity, Woman in Unity on Channel Africa, the African Perspective. And we have been talking to Honourable Fatuke Jawara, who is from the Gambia, and she's responsible for working in several committees, gender, health, women, children, refugees, humanitarian relief, defence and security committees, as well as in the IEC Ombudsman, and we have been broadcasting from the Pan-African Parliament. Tune into the show next week when we continue with our conversations from the Pan-African Parliament when we talk to Dr. Jane Ongoro, who is from the African Union Commission heading up the Division on Social Welfare, Vulnerable Groups, Drug Control, and Crime Prevention. On a final note, The 8th of March marks International Women's Day, and the theme for 2020 is I am Generation Equality, Realizing Women's Rights. This theme is aligned with the UN Women's new multi-generational campaign called Generation Equality, which marks the 25th anniversary of the Beijing Declaration and Platform for Action. Which was adopted in 1995 at the Fourth World Conference on Women in Beijing, China. The Beijing Platform for Action is recognized as the most progressive roadmap for the empowerment of women and girls everywhere. The year 2020 represents an unmissable opportunity to mobilize global action to achieve gender equality and human rights of all women and girls. And with that, we close our show. Happy Women's Day.